The Football Pod with Paddy and Andy. It's All Ireland final week. Anything to say, boys? No, it's great to be here. It's How would you stop? <laughs> Download the OTB Sports app and subscribe to the GAA podcast feed now. It is Thursday night, and as always, we're joined on Off the Ball by John Giles. Good evening, John. Evening, Nathan. So, at uh, this time last week, we were probably all a little bit high after going so close to beating Portugal in the World Cup qualifier. Since then, there has been a 1-1 draw with Azerbaijan, a hugely disappointing result, but probably a game Ireland should have won. And 1-1 draw against Serbia, where there was a big grandstand finale, but probably a game Ireland should have been beaten in. What do you take from the last week? Um, <clears throat> well, certainly the last, the last match we played... Um, was probably the best you could look back on as as a result. Mm. I'd say the Portuguese match um, there was more to uh, look forward to from uh, and and from the game itself. We, we I think we certainly played better in Portugal than we did in the next two matches. So how did Ireland go from playing so well last Wednesday night against Portugal and coming so close to gaining a massive result against such a quality side to not being able to break down an Azerbaijan team four days later? Um, well that's, that's the $64 million question. <laughs> that's why we pay you the big bucks, John. <laughs> um, well, it, it, first of all, it's very difficult to know. Uh, well, a couple of things that I can, I can say that in... Uh, the Portuguese match, I thought our two best players were uh, Coleman mm. and Doherty. And, the- and then when it came to the next match against uh, Azerbaijan, uh, neither of the two players played in the same positions. Coleman went to middle of back, in, in the back three and Doherty went on the right-hand side. Um, and I think also in the second match there was... A, the, the, the forward line was changed in a big way uh, where I didn't think there was any balance to it um, with Ida. Um, uh, Connolly and Paris. Paris. You know, like mm. the, the, where Paris, like, I know where Ida was playing because he's a big centre forward he plays up front. But when you, when you try to fit two other attackers in without, I think two is ideal and one, one wide, uh, Nathan. But when you get three, th- there is no position really, for two players either side of either. You no think balance. one no player should be able to, to do the job? No, it, 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 it's just, it, it's, a no, it's a no position if I'm, if I'm saying it in the right way. Yeah. Uh, because you need two up front, that's fine. The, the other's playing, one playing off either. But when you have three up there, I mean, the, there's nowhere for them to go. And, and therefore you've nobody wired when you've got three up there like that. So that was a big change from the first match. Now, I can understand, Stephen, because he wants to see all the players. But I think it has to be a balance to what you're doing. And certainly, like when I, I found as manager, you go from one match to the next. And against Portugal, again, I'll repeat myself, like Coleman and, and Dennis, they're, they're really good. Mm. So, and, and the goalkeeper, of course, was, was excellent from the start. Uh, and, and, and as a manager, in my opinion, you look at the positives. You say, right, they're good. That's good. That's good. We'll keep with that. But we didn't. We went. We went. Coleman went to the back. I know there was an injury, uh, but 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 I don't. I think if the players play well. Say right. I stick with him. He's a good player. He's the, and there were there were big changes for the second match, uh, Nathan. 
the performance of Coleman and Doherty against Portugal was such a positive and it gave Ireland uh, they were almost able to control the game as much as Ireland had any control in the game it seemed to come from when it came to Doherty and Coleman and that they held on to the ball when they needed to they were able to play balls down the line and release the forwards and we probably saw the first time the two of them have really played well at the same night for Ireland is that something then as a manager you go okay yes Darrow Shea is injured I bring in Omabamadele because then I only have to make one change or yeah. actually replacing Omabamadele they end up having to make two or three changes well well, 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 well what he did was that he, he, he removed Coleman from the position he played well, well in and mm. Doherty in the position so you, you leave them and you put somebody else as you say in the, in the, in the back, back three because you stick with what's good the goalkeeper was great the two fullbacks were great got that now, now we go from there. That's what those matches are for. Who can we put in there that, that's going to make it, uh, you know, that suits the team? And, and instead, those two lads didn't play. And then we had the three up front where there was no balance to. So that was a big change as well. Now, I know all managers, and as Stephen was saying, have to make changes. But you, you don't have to, if, if you get a positive, in my opinion, you stay with the positive. And then you look for more positives in the team as you go along. Hmm. With the players that Ireland have right now and the players that started against Azerbaijan, should they be good enough to beat Azerbaijan? Definitely. Definitely. We, we have to have players uh, in the squad that we have uh, to beat Azerbaijan. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, if you, look at the, if you look at the two teams playing over a period of time, how many of the Azerbaijan team would get in the Irish team mm. or in the, in the squad? Maybe one or two. I'm not sure. But, I mean, you, have, you only have to look at the records. I mean, uh, Azerbaijan's record is, is very poor because it, 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 that's, that's the type of team they are. So I know, I know Stephen is, is, is in the early stages, well, fairly early stages, uh, and you wouldn't expect us to beat Portugal with the players that they have, but we would be expected to beat Luxembourg and Azerbaijan uh, in, in these particular matches, Nathan, definitely. And I know it's hard to tell from the outside, but the fact that Ireland didn't then, and you talk about those tactical changes, is it down to those changes? Did you see a lack of confidence? Because, you know, it's one win in 16 games now. These are young players who've dreamed all their life of playing for Ireland. They didn't imagine it would be like this. Do you look at that team and see they just need a bit of a lift? They need a spark from somewhere and they're not getting it at the moment? Um, well, well, as manager, you, 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 you're always looking for that, Nathan. But you have to look, like every game, you, you see something new in it. You know, mm. either good or bad. That, that's how you, that's how you progress. You know, you see a team, yeah. Well, we're okay in that position. We're okay in that position. Let's have a look at this position till you get to the stage where you know for sure this is my best team. And you can only go on what's what what, what squad you have, Nathan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, I know I know. Stephen said he was going to play for you know uh, three at the back and from the start. Um, but I always felt that you know you have to see. What group of players have I got? What positions have I got? Before you make up your mind, actually, what formation you're going to you're going to have? Is three at the back the best formation for the talent that Ireland have? Well, I don't like three at the back on a personal level. Mm. Uh, I don't think there's any need for it uh, because um, I, mean, I mean, when you're managing a team, you've got ten players, outfield players. You've got to make the best use of those players, Nathan, right? And, and my take on it, as far as the foot, the, the uh, wing backs are concerned. If you play with four at the back, that's one man saved, right, if you can do the job. And I think that if the full-backs, for the right-back, for example, goes on the attack at the right time, 
you don't you don't need a designated fullback to do that. In other words, he's a defender when the ball's on the other side of the field, and then when you get on the attack and and, and one of our players gets it, you go either left side or right side. That's the way it's been in football. I mean, I people talk about old-fashioned stuff. I mean, I I played at times. Say at Leeds, for example, we had Paul Rainey or Paul Madley at right back, and Peter Lorimer got the ball. They were on the overlap, mm. and Terry Cooper on the other side to be on the cover. Right, so when it came from t- on the other side, then Terry Terry Cooper would be the attacking fullback. So you don't need, a de- in my opinion, a designated player to do that. It's a waste of a player. In midfield, then Ireland, and I know we touched on this last week, but very little of what Ireland did, even when they did build possession or kept possession, came through the midfield. And there was a feeling that with the Stephen Kenny era, that Ireland would start to see a lot more of the ball and dominate possession. That hasn't happened so far. Does another player in midfield make that easier? Do Ireland have the talent in midfield to play a possession-based game? What's your sense of where Ireland are with the likes of Cullen and Hendrick, Malumbi, McGrath? Well, the, 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 I don't, I don't want to be uh, harsh on them, but they're, they're much of a muchness, uh, Nathan. Mm. To be honest, like any two or three you pick, and, and uh, I mean, for, for what it's worth, I, I, I tell you what I would do: I would play two in the midfield, right? And I'd play McLean on the left side and Hogan on the right side as wide players in that position, right? A bit like going back to the Knott's Forest time when they were winning uh, the Champions League, mm. where you, you had uh, John... Uh, John Robertson. John Robertson and uh, Martin, Martin O'Neill yeah. on the right. And if you look at the midfield players that they have, they, had, they, they were ordinary players, but they had one job to do, get the ball, give it to these, these two players and let them get on with it. Because if you're not going to have creative players, Nate, you're not going to have creative players. Yeah. And that's what we got. So if you get the two lads, two lads in the middle of the field, that make it easy for them. Because yeah. when they get it, give it out wide. Give it out wide. And, and the wingers at that time can also defend. And that's my take on it. And, and I know it's, 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 it's difficult to imagine, or maybe difficult, what I'm saying. But if you don't have the creative midfield players, you don't have them. So make their job easy for them. If they're not going to create, then you just have to try something else. Yeah. Give it to McLean. The, the argument against that, I guess, is that you would often talk about John Robertson and the influence that John Robertson could have in a game from, from that position on the wing, that yeah. for yeah. all that they can do, like Daryl Horgan is not John Robertson. No, no, well, he doesn't have to be. But he's the best we have. That's what I think, to, to do what's needed to be mm. done. I mean, you can play, we can play three midfield players, uh, midfield players, and if they're not doing it, they're not doing it, they're not going to create. So if you if you make the job easy for them, like you, like uh, uh, Clough did uh, with the, with the two players, McGovern was one. Uh, I can't think of the other lad's name that played in the middle. No, McGovern came to Leeds, very very average player, really to be honest, really average. But he wasn't asked to do much. Get it? Give it out to O'Neill. Give it to Robertson. Now Robertson was a genius because he could, he could actually the only player I ever seen could control the game as a mid as a, a, a winger from that position. He was brilliant at it. Always in a position to receive the ball. So anybody that played midfield, yeah, give it out to him. It was easy, and I, I think I think we could I think we could do that. I would try it if I was manager anyway. I'd have Hogan on the right. I'd have McLean out wide on the right. And, and don't forget, when the ball's on the other side of the field, they can they can drop inside and, and, and become a midfield player. Nathan, you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, move ahead then to Tuesday night in the game against Serbia. But there was enormous pressure on Ireland ahead of that game. There were. A lot of questions about Stephen Kenny's future. 
Did Ireland answer any of those questions on Tuesday night? It did feel as though it was a one-all draw that even Stephen Kenny and himself, Serbia, probably deserved to win that game. Was was there anything you could take from that in performance in terms of improvement? Well, the, the, the main thing you take it from it is that uh, the Bazunu, is that the way we present it, Nathan? Yeah, Bizunu, Bizunu, yeah. Actually shows that he's a really, really outstanding player. Mm. Really outstanding player. And you have to name the other lad for me that came on at the page. Obama Dele. Tough one. There's another one, young mm. fella, that looks a really, really good player. You could take from that. I mean, if it hadn't been for the goalkeeper, Nathan, we could have been beaten 3 0 or 3 1. There's no doubt about that. But what was good from the team in the situation that we're in, um, they haven't stopped trying. And they haven't, what happens, in my experience in football, when the players lose confidence in the manager, they stop having a go. Have you ever seen that at international level for Ireland? Have, have you ever seen an Irish team that lost belief in the manager? Um, I, I played in the team <laughs> that lost. Now I'm going back to the bad old days. Yeah. Where the, the selection committee picked the team. Right. And that was a joke. Now that was a real, real disaster. You had five fellas who had met with some of them. Someone just put a few quid into a club and the next year they're picking the team. This was ridiculous. And we had no confidence and, and no belief in any manager that played at that time. Now and again at Daily Mount, we'd, we'd get into it. But overall, it, the, the, the morale was awful. Can you talk about that, what that actually means, the difference between playing for a manager and not playing for a manager? Is that, I think, are those conversations in a dressing room about people whispering over on the side? How does that actually come about that as a group, somehow the players stop going out there wearing a green jersey and... And I don't know, wanting to do their best. Well, well, I can go back to the old days, uh, where, where, where we had a manager most of the time that didn't pick the team in that. Mm. And the, 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 the atmosphere in the dressing room before the match was awful. We were never going to, never going to win. I remember playing Spain in a match uh, over there in, in, in Seville, I think it was. And... Uh, we, we, we had no confidence in ourselves and no goal. And uh, we went actually went uh, one in front. Right. Right. I'm oh, sorry, but it's not, not, not one in front. Okay, we got a free kick. And one of the lads hit it and scored. Right. Now, what happened? Instead of running back to the centre circle, we couldn't believe it. No, this is true. This is talking about atmosphere in the club. And the Spanish players picked up on it, ran to the referee, and the referee thought there's something odd here, and disallowed the goal. <laughs> disallowed the goal. And because we thought we were not allowed to score. That, that was the morale at that time. Right. And funny enough, 10 minutes later, we did score. So we should have been two up. We got a hiding 4 1. Yeah. Now, that's what, now, that was in the bad, the really bad old days. You know? and, and who was in the you, you, I know you've spoken before about the selection committee so in the dressing room beforehand who's coaching the team well we, we did have a manager actually Jackie Carey was there for a while with the great right. guy, Jackie Carey who was one of the best players ever one of a, a hero of mine and everybody else in Ireland that played football he was a Manchester United captain when they won the cup in 1940 he was one of the great players but he didn't have control of the situation right he didn't pick the team you know so like, even the lads who were playing in the team uh, would, wouldn't have the respect that was needed from the manager because they knew in the next match 
the team could change completely and the, the manager had no control over it. So he had no confidence in it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, now things have changed a lot since where the managers do pick the teams uh, uh, now, as we know. And uh, I think as far as the players are concerned now, and for a long time, they know the manager's in charge. Whether it be Mick McCarthy or anybody, they know the manager picks the team and that's it. And I, I, what, I, what I've seen with the team now, and most of the Irish teams that I've seen over the last years, I've never seen the team not have a go. Right. And, and with Stephen, the lads went out there and all the matches that we played, three matches last week, they did have a go. And in, in most of the matches, we didn't play well enough uh, to do what's needed to be done. Mm. And that goes, that goes back to Stephen, because the, the, as I say, the match in Portugal, then two of our best players didn't play in the position in the next match. It, you know, and, 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 and Stephen is talking about the future. Yeah. You Can know, you talk like, about that? Because the, that press conference pre-match earlier in the week where Stephen Kenny spoke about building towards 2024 and how nobody really expected Ireland to be favourites to qualify from this group or maybe even to qualify at all that they're building towards 2024 is that fair enough when you look at the transition that Ireland are going through and the amount of young players he's bringing through no I wouldn't agree with it Nathan you know what you find in football the next match is the most important match Three years, three years ahead or four years ahead. Well, in Stephen's case, three ahead, two years ahead. That's a lifetime in football, mm. and you're talking about bringing young lads through. But there's a certain thing, a certain thing in it which is not good. If you say we're planning for three years' time, well, what's Duffy going to think, and Coleman going to think, and these players who mightn't be there in three years' time? And as far as the young players are concerned, I've seen loads of promising players, Nathan, that in three years' time don't make it. Yeah. So you have to go from one match. Of course, you can put a couple of young lads in, but I don't think uh, you can really plan on three years. Football is not like that. Football is the next game. How do we do the next step? And then, and you learn from it, and try and win matches in between now and three years' time. Because nobody knows what's going to happen. You got to. I've seen it. Promising players come on. Now three years' time, they're nowhere. And it's out of his hands, I guess, as well. When you talk about the likes of Bazunu, who's at Manchester City on loan at the moment like there's no guarantees as to what happens with his future likewise with Bamadele Ida at club level that's out of Stephen Kenny's hands as to how they develop uh, yeah, but, as but, players but, but the, the one thing though Nathan about the, 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 the goalkeeper he's doing it now mm. do you know what I mean and what, what you'd, you'd put your money on him being a great goalkeeper well I would anyway right. I think this kid is think great temperament is great like, you can't say that about any of the other young players mm. far from it they have a lot to do. They have a lot to, pro- to, to improve. Are they going to be playing in the club teams? Are they going to develop? So you can, I, I don't think it's, 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 it's reasonable or right to be talking about three years' time in, in any team. Just before yeah. we talk about Stephen Kenny's future, just go back to Gavin Bazuna because I'm sure uh, you know, as you as a former Shamrock Rovers man, him as a former Shamrock Rovers man, they'd love to hear your opinion on him and, and how highly you do rate him then. What is it about him as a goalkeeper that you've seen so far that you've been so impressed with? The goalkeeper? Yeah. Oh, whatever, whatever good you're looking for in a keeper, I've seen it so far. His temperament, first of all. First of all, his ability to do what needs to be done, crosses, saves. I mean, he was brilliant uh, uh, in the match the other night uh, against Serbia. Mm. Brilliant. I mean, we could have lost him. We could have been four down before we scored. Nathan. It looks like he's talking. I've heard him a couple of times on the television after. 
definitely humble lad. Doesn't get not get carried away with it. The maturity at his age, his physique, they're all things you're looking for, particularly the temperament. And he's been brilliant for a young fella. Um, you know, I, I nothing but, but a great future for him. Put that, put put my life on him. Wow. Uh, yeah, it certainly is exciting to see what Gavin Bazunu does does over the next few years. So Stephen Kenny's future then, uh, with one win in sixteen games and newspaper reports earlier in the week that maybe if things hadn't gone right against Serbia, that maybe a decision may have been taken then. Uh, Jonathan Hill, the CEO of the FAI, was talking today. There was a big announcement around a Sky sponsorship for the women's national team. So understandably, as you would expect when Jonathan Hill went in front of the media and our very own Stephen Doyle, he was going to be asked about Stephen Kenny's future. Here's what he had to say. Jonathan, just to ask you for Stephen Kenny, he was asked last week about his position as the Ireland manager. There was talk of him being under pressure, possibly could lose his job if the results in the last international window didn't go well. Now, he did say during that that he was planning for the European Championship campaign 2024. Can you give any clarity as to where the FAI stand, how long his contract is? Have you looked beyond this current World Cup campaign? Look, uh, it's, it's, it's very simple and very clear. Stephen has a contract until the end of July 2022. Um, in relation to uh, the current campaign, we as a board uh, review any international window at the end of that window. So on a, on a monthly basis, we'll be looking at the overall World Cup qualification campaign in November. Um, and as a board, we'll discuss all of the areas and all of the issues. Um, and yeah, we'll be thinking about it in terms of our own strategy and our own medium-term strategy, etc., etc. But um, uh, we'll have that conversation um, at that point. Would you agree that some of the reports last week, or with the reports last week, that said that he's under pressure if he doesn't get results, if he doesn't get winning results? Look, I think Stephen knows, and we talked about this earlier in our announcement of uh, the Sky uh, supporting uh, the Irish women's national team, uh, that we have an expectation before every game that we're going to uh, be competitive and win those games. Um, But football is football, and uh, we've had a range of performances, we've had a range of results. And uh, yeah, we, uh, uh, we will review those, as I say, as we move forward. Does he need to win matches to keep his job beyond this current campaign? As I say, I'm not going to have that type of conversation until we get to the end of the campaign itself. So, John, Jonathan Hill there, the FAI CEO, really refusing to be drawn in some ways, but certainly not giving a ringing endorsement of Stephen Kenny and not mentioning anything about a grand plan for 2024. Where do you think right now then the FAI should be with Stephen Kenny? Is it leave it till the end of this campaign and make a decision? Or with the players who are coming through, does he deserve to be kept on until 2024 and to come out and get ahead of this story? Well, first of all, I think the statement that uh, Jonathan Hill made there was correct. Um, I think there's four more matches to go uh, in it, uh, Nathan. Mm. So, I mean, if I was in the position, I'd say Stephen to continue for the next four matches. And then look at the situation from there, the overall situation, which is all you can do. I mean, if you took a decision now to say, right, we're not keeping him, you could win the next four matches. If you, told, if you said we are keeping him, you might lose the next four matches. So I think it's the, the sensible thing to do is let the ne- next four matches run and hopefully the team improves and you could say, well, OK, we see where Stephen is coming from uh, and it, we can look to the future. That's the only time you can make the decision, Nathan. I mean, if we lose the next four matches, or don't do well in the next four matches, then it's it's you'd, you'd have to say, well, uh, Stephen's had twenty matches and it hasn't really worked out. Mm. 
you'd have to say that. But I think it's realistic to say, well, there's no point in making the decision now uh, because there's, there's four matches to go in this particular tournament. Uh, it, it, it's most unlikely that we'll qualify anyway, Nathan. But you could get four matches where you say, this team is really coming on. Or you could get four matches where we're, we're, we're no good. And I think the decision is made, to be quite honest, in the next four matches. And that decision, how much of that is results-based? The four games are Luxembourg, Azerbaijan, Portugal, and a friendly against Qatar. Mm. That decision to continue till 2024, do you think that's solely based on those four results or is it based on the performance within those games? I'd say it's mostly based, if I was doing it uh, on the performances. Because what you find, if the performance is good, usually the result is good. Mm. Uh, you know, it's no good saying whether the performance is good and we were beaten. You know, you'd have to see, well, this team is coming on. You know, we're all, the great thing about football, it's out in the pitch, uh, and everybody can see it. You know, you can't kid anybody. It's one great thing about sports, out in the pitch. We can see it as the team improving. Are they getting better? Is it? Are the young lads coming on? Is it, Johns? We're a year into this, 16 games. Have you seen signs that this team is progressing, is coming together? I, I must honestly say no. I haven't. I think because when, when we're playing the likes of Azerbaijan and, and Luxembourg, you know, you're playing Portugal away. Actually, one of our best performances was Portugal away, which I regard as one of the top teams. Mm. Right, That's is that fine. progress? We, we didn't win it, but yeah. but but you have to be you have to be beaten. You have to be winning matches. Right? You have to be, especially against uh, Azerbaijan and, and, and Luxembourg and teams around that. You know, like the players we we can produce in, in, in for our international team. Like we have to do better than that. Yeah. Uh, no doubt we will come back to this again over the coming weeks and months, John. Um, yeah, I hope we do now. I've, I've met mm. Stephen. I think he's a very nice fellow. He's a good lad, really good lad. He loves the job. Uh, and, and I'd love him to be doing well. But we have, to, we have to look at the whole situation and take any personal feelings out of it. And that's what, we're, that's what I'm trying to do with you, Nathan. I'd love to be saying, oh, it's great. Everything is good. Stephen's doing a great job. And I'd love to be able to. But that, that's not the case at yeah. the moment. You know, we're not winning matches. And it's all about winning matches, Nathan. There's no doubt about that. Well, we want your honesty, John. That's the main thing. Um, I know you want to talk um, about Cristiano Ronaldo. We're pretty much out of time, but we'll actually next week we'll have seen him in action. He's playing on yeah. Saturday against Newcastle and how that all knits together with himself and Fernandez and Pogba and Greenwood and all the attacking talent they have. So we'll spend a good bit of time on that next Thursday. Great to talk yeah. to you as always, John. Okay, thanks, Nathan. The Football Pod with Paddy and Andy. It's All-Ireland Final Week. Anything to say, boys? No, it's great to be here. It's How would you stop? <laughs> Download the OTB Sports app and subscribe to the GAA podcast feed now.